0: This sort of matrix that exists where the more I grow my business and my audience, the more content I produce, the more powerful my marketing and distribution channel becomes. So if someone comes on and works with me and I am promoting their business to my network and my distribution channel, I am more powerful for them. And they get that sort of boost from my network, you know, by just coming in and working with me.
1: This is Show Your Business Who's Boss. Listen in on behind the scenes, unfiltered conversations with my favorite business owner friends who take charge and make their businesses work for them. Don't just be your own boss, show your business who's boss. I'm Pia Silva. On today's episode, I'm talking to a badass client of mine and boss of her business, Amy Sheridan. Amy offers content strategy for sports business leaders, elevating their profiles through owned, earned, and paid media. After a high-profile career working for the NHL, Comcast, NBC, regional sports networks, and contributing to Sports Business Journal, she founded Technically Sports to help sports industry leaders up their content game and make an impact on the business of sports. Last year, she upped her business game when she worked with me for six months, re-strategizing her business, brand, and marketing. In the short time since, she's experienced rapid growth building her audience and business, and her business actually grew since the quarantine started. I wanted to bring her on as an amazing example of what's possible in your business in less than a year if you commit to building your badass brand online. We spoke recently and talked about that terrifying moment when you publish your first blog article, something that even Amy, a writer of 10 years, is not immune to. How Amy went from struggling to figure out her brand message in the fall to speaking to a 100 of her ideal clients in the spring and in the middle of a pandemic how she leveraged a relationship to add 150 ideal clients to her email list in less than 24 hours, and what it really took to make that happen. Plus, we debate what's harder, birthing a baby or birthing a business. So buckle up, here we go. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I wanted to invite you on here because you are such a boss of your business in the way that you show up. You are my first guest that I have that I actually worked with. We only met less than a year ago, and yes. the, the, watching your progression <laughs> since we met, because of how you show up in your business, oh. every single day and the way that you tackled everything that we worked on, and then you have continued to do it and your sustained commitment. I mean, that is what I'm talking about.
0: I am so honored. And to hear you say that makes me feel so warm
1: and fuzzy inside. Yeah, you are a boss through and through. So let's start with just telling us a little bit about your business, because the way that I remember it, you had been your own business for a little while, but you had been doing what you do in your business for a while at other companies. So tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yes. Before I met you, Pia, officially, I was reading all of your articles obsessively. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> but, yeah. but, and so, you know, your marketing drew me in as it was supposed to. But before we worked together, I was making the transition from being an executive in the sports business working in digital media and growing digital audiences on behalf of brands like the National Hockey League, NBC Sports, and some big agencies in the space, to an independent freelancer, to a business owner. So I was trying to mentally grapple with like, how am I going to go from A to B to C and see success on the other side? And so... That's sort of the high level of the journey of what am I going to do with all my experience? I really want to go off on my own. You know, it was this dream that I've had for so long and just feeling my way through it and, you know, and working with you just gave me, you know, all the clarity that I was looking for. Well, so how long
1: had you been on your
0: own when we met? I left my, my last job in the sports business. I left in 2013 when I was expecting my second child.
1: Wow. And oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that with three daughters at home. That's like a huge yeah. part of this bossness of yours. Oh, thank you. <laughs> having three children at home, which we're going to talk about. But yeah, continue.
0: But I, I think, you know, this sort of hunger inside me to be the entrepreneur and to be my own boss has just always been there. And, you know, as I had children and as I evolved, it just was still there, it's still like calling out to me, you know, from inside, like, when are we going to do this thing? And so I left corporate, which is what I call it, in 2013 and started writing for Sports Business Journal as a contributor, like literally the next day. So I started writing and I started teaching as an adjunct and I was cobbling things together. So it would be maybe I was teaching a course at a university in Philadelphia and maybe I was writing for SBJ once a week doing a mobile app review. So between pitching and writing articles for Sports Business Journal and interviewing really exciting people that were high level, you know, I think I interviewed the GM of Major League Baseball Advanced Media for an article that I wrote in the Sports Business Journal, you know, and I have having all of these, pardon my French, holy shit moments when I joke, but I do my little Elaine Bettis dance alone, (laughs) wherever I am at that moment, like, wow, I just really did that. It really happened. And you know, those moments where people show their faith in you and they give you that validation that you're good enough. Those are, those are big
1: for me. So I am not surprised about this journey that you took up until June, 2019, because the first time we spoke, it was very clear to me that you were very good at what you did you know and know. and you have been validated by that you've worked you've written for the publication and spoken to all these people and you know so clearly very good at what you do and the reason i think you're such a great example of what is possible and and also this the situation i think a lot of people find themselves in is that you were very very good at what you did but you didn't that didn't translate obviously Automatically into a business right, where you could get right. those clients, and unfortunately, no matter what a gem one is, it doesn't mean that it's just going to work out that you're going to have like the business and the money. And I remember being so excited. I was like, oh, I hope Amy signs on, you know, because I was doing this the first iteration of my group coaching, which is which is now a year long program. But I was like, I hope she signs on because I can tell that she's so good at this, and I know people who are really good at stuff and also very hungry to to do the work can see the results. And that's really fun for somebody coaching people. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Like, you know, <laughs> when I came in, I mean, I remember the conversation we had where I was super nervous and You know, I was like, wow, (laughs) I am talking to Pia, (laughs) like (laughs) this hero, this person that's like this icon in my mind. And I've, I've read so many of your articles and watched, you know, a couple of your webinars. And that was another big, you know, holy shit moment for me and making the, you know, taking the leap of faith, I guess, into becoming a part of that program you know, it was leaning into that fear, you know, it's like, I know that I want this. I know I can do this. Am I
1: ready for this? You know, and everything was saying yes. I appreciate that. So, you know, from day one, I remember just watching you showing up, like I would like, we would talk about, you know, the five things that you need to do. And you'd like email me the next day. You'd be like, I did them. <laughs> Here, <laughs> yeah. What's next? And you're yeah, just like yeah. doing yeah. all of it. It was always fun to tell you, I think you should do this, this, and this. I feel like she, I know she's going to do it. She's not going (laughs) to just do it. She's going to do it in like two days. That was really fun. But before we get into that for a second, I think the other part that was really fun for me was that you came in and you were like, this is what I want. You know, I have three daughters. I only want to work 20 hours a week. I want to make this much money. Like you were like, you know, I want all these things and I want to make this much money, but I also, I'm not even trying to work full-time on my business, like even a normal (laughs) full-time. We're trying to work part-time. right? And I was like, speak in my language. Um, Not because you don't like to work, but because it's like, you know what your priorities are. I don't know how you got all that stuff done with three. How old are are your kids?
0: My oldest is, she'll be eight
1: Next day. year. Right. Or this year.
0: What year is it? What day is it? I don't know. She will be turning eight. I have an eight, eight, six, and three. Jeez. Yeah. But right when we met, I was approaching this big moment as a mom where all three of them would be in school. Mm. So I knew, you know, I'm the mom who I want to work. I want to be a great mom. And I want to drop off my kids in the morning and I want to pick them up in the afternoon. So I know how many hours mm. I have. And I was like, ready. I'm like, I'm ramping up. I'm bringing my three-year-old to preschool. It's going to be amazing. I would have these moments at night where I'm laying in bed like, oh, my babies are grown up. And then I'd be like, no, I am ready you know, <laughs> to like attack the world with this business. But yeah, I think I was just so ready to take my business to the next level, that you would say, like, I was like the black lab. You'd say, okay, it's time to start blogging. And I'd be like, okay. And and the other part of it was making the investment. I wanna get the ROI, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, I Mm -hmm. want by the end of the six months to see my results and I know that I'm the one responsible for that. So I thought, okay, the more that I can accomplish in these six months and listen and do what, you know, Pia tells me to do, the better I'm going to be at the end of the six months.
1: I love that you said that because I feel the same way when I invest in my business, like half of me is like, I'm going to get my ROI back from this, you know, (laughs) come hell or high water (laughs) there. I'm getting results from this, you know, amount of money that I'm spending. And that's kind of motivating in its own right. Right. Yeah. Doubling down on yourself.
0: Yeah. I'm investing myself. So I better give it my best effort. You know, if you, (laughs) I, I, if you go to the gym and you expect to see results by just literally walking through the door, you know, that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. You gotta like kick ass and take names and do everything that your coach tells you to do. That's right. So that you you
1: transform, you know, your body or your business or whatever it is. So here's the other thing: you are a writer, and you yeah. naturally have like a great way of speaking. So you came to the table with some skills that not everybody comes to their business with, <laughs> which is being able to write and say things in interesting ways. However, I'm going to call you out on this and everyone's like this. So that's why I'm calling you out. It doesn't always translate as you experienced right into your website and brand. Cause I remember right. we kind of went through a few iterations mm-hmm. of what mm-hmm. you were going to say. And I just wanted to hear a little bit more about your experience doing that because you kept doing it and it was like, mm, it's not quite right. Like it's not quite this And I would sometimes be like, "Mm, that's a little boring. (laughs) You're not boring, Amy. Why is this so boring? (laughs) I know. I know. I I don't know why it's boring. It's coming out of me. But that's because you get into a different mindset. Like what was your experience in that? I think articulating your
0: own value proposition and branding your own business is harder than doing it for somebody else. And I think a big part of the exercise was starting to write for myself and that was something that you challenged me to do i think the conversation went something like well you know what you have to do (laughs) and i said yeah i do know what i have to do and you said and you know how to do it so start doing it so i mean i remember the day that i clicked publish for the first time on an article that was written by me for me as opposed to an article that was written for a client
1: and that feel
0: it was like this, I always think of it as, I don't know if you remember the first time you ever bid on something on eBay, <laughs> like a million years ago, I remember sitting at my parents' house, like, oh, I'm going to bid on this snowboard and it's going to be amazing. And I'm going to put in this, you know, offer. And I think I literally clicked submit and I fell off my chair because I was just <laughs> like, so like, had so much adrenaline, you know,
1: and which is so crazy, because you had published so many articles before that. It's such a yeah. different thing on your own blog. I it's mean, so different, funny to watch even.
0: Yeah, it's so different <laughs> saying here, here's me and my inner thoughts,
1: you know, <laughs>
0: and, you know, hope, hope you like it, you know, mm-hmm. like, because there's always the thing. And now I see that with my clients. And I know you probably see this all the time. I might work with somebody in the sports business who I call a decorated leader. They have won awards, they have spoken at conferences, but they have never been on a podcast. They have never written in their own article. They're like, whoa, I can't do that. Mm. You know, how could I just put myself out there like that? It's that moment where you're just scared, you know, and it's that again, leaning into that fear and pushing the publish button. And being like, oh, wait, like nobody even gives a shit. (laughs) Like No one's going to see this
1: article unless I tell them to read it.
0: (laughs) Right. Like no one cares. So, (laughs) you know, over time you just, it becomes natural. And then, you know, I would write and I would write something and I would see, oh, there's a little bit of response on that. There's some traction on that. And some people like that. Oh, so as you do more and more of the writing right out of your playbook, Pia, is your clients will gravitate toward you and the people that aren't your clients won't, and that's fine. But the more you market and write and make your value proposition clear to those people that need your service, the easier the whole thing becomes. And now when I sit down to write a blog post, it's like writing itself. I, I can't even explain it. It just kind of spills onto the page. And I publish like it's not a week long thing anymore. It's like a, an hour long thing. So that's been really exciting for me. And, you know, just being able to write for the people that I want to work for and the people that I am working for, but it's a process. It took, it took, well, I guess ultimately it took what, like almost a year
1: with so many wins along the way. I mean, that's the thing. It's this process and it both takes a long time and not because all along the way you were closing clients and figuring it out, right? Yes.
0: Yes. Learning from each client. Some of them, again, going into the, your model, creating a lead product, selling a lead product. I remember the first time I sold one was sort of in the middle of our, our engagement and big moment. But every time I would sell a lead product, maybe that person converted into a paying customer after that, maybe they didn't. But each time I sold anything, I was taking note of the one or two little gems that I could take to the next customer or Mm. maybe even to the next new product that I would offer. Mm. So it's just kind of listening, constantly listening to those people that you're dealing with to be like, well, maybe they need this instead of that. And how much would I charge for that? So
1: mm. yeah, I love that. And, and you, <clears throat> again, like you can't, you can't figure that stuff out in a vacuum. The reason no. you were able to get that information is because you were both confidently and also scared sometimes putting it out there, offering them this lead product. I remember because that first one, it's like before that you had never sold it. You're like, oh. Oh no, they bought it. (laughs) Now I have to do it.
0: (laughs) I know. I know. I know. Yeah.
1: And I think the night before
0: or the day before I was pitching it, we were changing what it was going to look like. And I remember Donahue saying that the word that she would use to describe me was attack. And I remember, (laughs) I just remember laughing because I was like, well, This is how I got to be because I don't want to waste time. I want to get from point A to point B. I think you call it the impatient entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I want to figure out what works as quickly as I possibly
1: can. Yes, And Um, figuring out what works is also figuring out what doesn't work. I mean, that is just part mm -hmm. of figuring out what works. Yeah. So, So you, right. So you started in sports tech. I think at one point you expanded out to just marketing in general. (laughs) I think Mm -hmm. at one point you were like, maybe I should just do marketing for everyone. And then (laughs) quickly Mm -hmm. reined them back in. (laughs) So (laughs) you're like, stay in your lane, get back
0: in your lane.
1: I'm like, oh gosh,
0: I I don't know. Should I go general? And you just, you know, were on the other end, like just shaking your head.
1: (laughs) Well, because I mean, we just heard your whole story leads you to sports. (laughs) Why, why, why would you go anywhere else? I mean, there's so many marketing people at the very least sports. Where did you end up landing now? So now I do content strategy
0: for sports business leaders. I elevate their profiles through uh, owned, earned and paid media. So a strategic blend of the three. Mm. And so I will go out there and represent It could be a female CEO who has founded her own company in the business of sports who needs to get a little bit more exposure, maybe needs to start a blog, maybe wants to be on podcasts or even get up on stage. But somebody that is a decorated leader in the sports business who doesn't have a personal brand per se, doesn't know what their unique branding proposition is and, you know, doesn't really kind of see it this way that they have a really unique perspective to offer. I kind of coach them on how to build that narrative and use that narrative to gain exposure in the media, to elevate their profile, right? Especially now, people in the sports business, many of them have been you know, found themselves out of a job. You know, we're saying, Mm, you know, there's free agents all over the place in the sports business because we haven't seen a live sporting event go on now for a couple of months. And we don't know when it will return. We don't know when we'll watch a football game with fans in the seats again. Everything has changed. And so now, you know, the message is you may have a job, you may not have a job, but I think All things considered, investing in your personal brand is really valuable because if you can get out there and have a voice in the media, on your own platform, that's something that holds you up in difficult times. Mm -hmm. You know, if you can have a carved out reputation, you're more likely to land on your feet at the end of this uncertainty, because people have been hearing from you. Like you've had a voice, you've been putting yourself out there. So that's it. Very high level, elevating brands and professionals in the business of sports through content.
1: Mm. And I have to point out a few brilliant things about that. And it's it makes a lot of sense that you've landed here, at least for now, but also because you were willing to put yourself out there Mm -hmm. right (laughs) and started Mm -hmm. writing Mm -hmm. and marketing and putting yourself and your ideas out there Mm -hmm. you are uniquely positioned to advise on this I mean Mm -hmm. very uniquely because you know marketing gets much smaller when it goes sports marketing and then gets much smaller when it goes personal brand sports marketing and I think a lot of people try to advise on branding or personal branding specifically and they won't go into a niche so it's just personal branding. So that already I mean you're really owning this niche because why would I ever hire a personal branding person if I'm in sports? I would hire you. I mean is there anyone else in that focus even? Not that I'm aware um, no. of. <laughs> no, you own it. Wonderful. But but not only that, your efforts to build your reputation and your marketing Every single time you do something that's building your business, you are also simultaneously making yourself so much more skilled and valuable to your clients. You've got this great focus that allows you to like, you could just spend all your time marketing yourself because that makes you more powerful for your clients. I mean, those are always very nice ecosystems, I think.
0: It is. I mean, it's like this, with it, I don't know if incestuous is the word, <laughs> but there's this sort of like matrix mm-hmm. that exists where the more I grow my business and my audience, the more content I produce, the more powerful my marketing and distribution channel becomes. So if someone comes on and works with me and I am promoting their business to my network and my distribution channel... I am more powerful for Mm -hmm. them and they get that sort of boost from my network, you know, by just coming in and working with me.
1: I didn't even think of that. That's another layer on top of it. Matrix of like marketing power. Yeah.
0: And then, you know, of course, if they see me doing it and they see me doing things like this, you know, being on your podcast and being on other podcasts and, interviewing high-level influencers in sports, if they see me doing that, then they know it's attainable for them. Mm -hmm. They know that it's possible for them. And I think, of course, there's the hurdle of people getting over the fear that we talked about earlier, like, well, I could never do what she's doing. The thing is, they can, right? They just have to kind of saddle up and get ready to push publish and comfortable with that and i think in my experience the comfort level thing happens pretty quickly and i'm not saying that anybody can go out there and write a really great article because i don't think that that's something that everybody can do or would, would want to do but one of the main tent poles of a lot of my marketing lately is that anybody can talk and right now we're living in a world where if you can get on a podcast or you can get on stage or you can interview somebody and talk, just literally talk, then that's a marketing channel in and of itself. So that's a great way to start becoming a thought leader. And there's been a lot of little wins here and there for me and my business over the course of this two-month COVID disaster, whatever you want to call it. I mean, a lot of wins going on because in the sports industry, all we can really do right now is talk. Mm we're not watching live sports. So we're talking to each other. We're talking to people across the media. You know, the media as a whole is really interested right now in what the sports industry is doing because people love to watch their
1: sports. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) So for me, my job became easier to say, hey, why don't you talk to this thought leader who I'm working with about how sponsorship has changed and will change after we get out of the woods here. And it would be like immediately, yes, we want to talk to that person. So there's this high demand right now wow. for the the thought leadership.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're going gangbusters. I sent out an email like a week or two into it about an article I wrote, is it okay to sell right now? And you wrote back, yeah, I just sent out two emails in the past five days, each contained an offer and I got three calls booked. So (laughs) I was like, well, I guess it's okay then.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, it's okay. I just blogged about this. It's okay if you're being
1: empathetic. Yeah.
0: (laughs) If you're saying, okay, is what I'm offering right now helpful? And if not, well, I can't sell that, but how can I tweak it and sell something that is helpful right now? And that's being nimble, right? It's like just kind of like reading your market and reading your people. And yeah, I mean, it was a little bit scary to send out an offer that mm-hmm. had like a price tag on it. Yeah. I I I flip-flopped a little bit and actually I sent the offer email to one of my close friends in the business and I said, Please read this and please tell me if you have an adverse reaction to seeing the price. And she wrote me back. She's like, no, this is perfect. Send it out. I was like, okay, if you think this is okay, then I'm going. And I hit it and I push send and yeah, I got some good responses. So, you know, I mean, I could have totally fell on my face, but
1: again, I just... And what would have happened if you had... Falling on your face, you know. Maybe
0: I would have irritated a few people, but they probably aren't my client.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. I love that you had the balls to do that. Thank you. And then it worked out. And throughout all of this, you've taken the opportunity. I mean, you also emailed me. You were doing a Zoom for a hundred sports leaders. I mean, I'm pulling up this stuff because, I mean, you were figuring out your target market and redoing your website a couple of times last fall. We're in the spring and in the middle of a pandemic and you're getting on Zoom with a hundred of your ideal clients. Right. How? Why? Tell tell the audience why and how you have been you have gotten so far so fast with three little girls at home (laughs) that you're picking up at school or now homeschooling. Home oh gosh. I homeschooling (laughs) I I don't know. That's
0: (laughs) if you were to ask me what I'm not doing well (laughs) right now, it's that. I'm but sure then I keep just justifying fine. it and saying to myself, "Well, I'm not a teacher, and we're doing our best,
1: and my kids are young, and I don't
0: have three computers." So,
1: and you're schooling them on life, which is look, yeah, Mama's building a badass business here. They, they get, to, get to, watch, to
0: watch, yeah, they get to watch Mama in survival mode <laughs> and laugh, and you know, I every time I have a little win, I. We do like a little cake celebration. So they're always like, every time I get a new client, we make a cake. Oh my God. I love that. <laughs> so they're like, are we having a client cake tonight? And, you know, so I mean, it's sort of like, it's funny. I love that you do But
1: What do you attribute being here now to? I mean, I I think <clears throat> I have my. Guesses because I've watched all the things that you're doing. But what do you, what do you think has gotten you to be able to do these very v- uh, visible opportunities in front of your ideal clients in in such a short time? I think one part of it is the
0: marketing, the gaining the confidence when when there are people that respond positively to something, feeling that and riding the wave. I think. I mean, one of the tentpoles of my personal mantra and where strategy in life is if you feel a wave sort of rising behind you and you need to ride it you know mm-hmm. like you know i i have like a constant it's not quite a fear but i don't want to miss a wave i don't want to miss an opportunity i want to work fast because god forbid there's somebody out there that's like on the same path as me that's my competitor and I fall behind. I, I don't know. It's, so there's something about competition and speed for me. I well, don't know. You're what into that.
1: sports. So I'm not surprised. I was an
0: athlete. I think, <laughs> you know, there's another thing about that, like about being an athlete and being a competitor and having worked with coaches. I and mean, I think that's one thing that we talked about, like, you know, me responding to your guidance. The athlete in me is saying, she's telling me what to do. I got to do it. You know, right. and I got, you know, for I you. got. <laughs> You do what you're told for the betterment of the team. You know, I don't know if this is a team sport or an individual sport, but I like to work fast and I like results. I like to see the connection between my marketing and the people that I'm reaching out to. So each time I would have a little win or I would see a little connection or a light bulb or have a positive conversation, would just give me all the more motivation to keep moving fast. And the other thing I began to do as I got more and more clear on who I was writing for and who my target customers were, was talk and activate my personal network. So I think that's one of the big themes. And that's how I established the series that I'm running right now on Zoom is I reached out to some of the people in my network who are high power sports business professionals and said, How do you feel about putting together a Zoom session to address what's going on right now? You know, the people that are out of work, the people that are wondering, you know, how can I better myself right now when I have all this free time and really putting together an agenda, if you will, of speakers that are in high demand right now. So my first speaker is an executive um, search consultant, aka a recruiter in the sports business. And this is someone who over the past couple of years, I've said, you know, you really should do your own business. Like you should really do your own thing because you have this huge reputation and you, you have a following, you know, not literally a following, but every time this woman posts on LinkedIn, she like automatically gets 200 likes, you know, wow. it, and it's, That's a following. it's, it's If you're watching people doing that and you're watching the response to their very infrequent posting, you know, you're saying to them, you're sitting on this business, this like highly powerful, like lightning bolt, and you're, you need to start taking advantage of that. Well, I called her, we put together the first session. Literally, we marketed it for 48 hours on LinkedIn and we got 150 people signed up. Wow. I had a hundred person cap on my LinkedIn or my zoom account. I'm like, I can only host a hundred people. Otherwise I have to upgrade my zoom. And that's like expensive. (laughs) So did you you not upgrade your zoom? (laughs) No. So This is what we did. We said, we're going to cap it. We're going to see what this demand is. And we'll do it again. Right. For people that don't Come on. But at the end of the day, of the 150 people that registered, only 80 of them, you know, like came into the Zoom. So we we didn't hit the cap anyway. But I had this like really like, oh my gosh moment like, do I need to upgrade my Zoom like right now? But the power of someone's network, and it's like grabbing a social influencer and bringing them on Mm -hmm. and watching the power of someone's personal network in real time. I mean, to market something for two days and see that kind of response, you know, I said to her afterwards, like, what are you waiting for? (laughs) You know, but the more you can repeat that process and I think bring people into your marketing mix and leverage their network and let them leverage your network and maybe there's a give and take. It's
1: just so there's something super powerful there. Okay. I agree. And it's something I don't do enough um, of, but... I want to point out that she was willing and ready to do this with you because you built your personal brand online, because you look like someone who she wants to be associated with. Somebody who Mm -hmm. posts infrequently and gets 200 likes isn't trying to partner with someone who has nothing online and is, is nobody. You know, it would have been infinitely, unless she's like a good friend of yours, it would have been infinitely harder to ask her to do that a year ago. Absolutely. You know? and yeah. You, the, the- yeah. You did the legwork. I'm just saying like, it, it takes yeah. the legwork to, to, but you can do it. You did it all by yourself. You post on Instagram every day. You write great things. You write amazing articles. Like you're out there being seen and you have built this uh, per- perception of your, you know, your online reputation And so when you ask someone like that, and I think that you have to do that even for your friends. Even if you do have a friend who's got a big network, you still have to be that person when you ask them to leverage their network for you.
0: Absolutely. It's so true. There has to be an associated value or perceived value of them giving of their time for free, if you will, to appear on your marketing channels. But when they begin to see the value in it for them, it's, it's a no brainer. And mm-hmm. I think that the more, you know, obviously the more that I grow, the more that I do every time that I have someone like that, you know, standing next to my business and saying, this is legit. It just gives it that much more power. And again, it goes back to your, all of your teachings. I feel like I have them all etched in the back of my yeah. mind. You know, you have to start speaking. You have to start putting yourself out there on podcasts to gain that that level of, what's the word I'm looking for? Authority, authority right. <laughs> the level of authority <laughs> yeah. where people are like, you know, damn, yeah, I want to be on that. And that's cool. And, oh, those articles make sense. And, you know, even if like behind the scenes, you know, they don't know that I'm running my own business Basically by myself, you know, they, they, they feel that they want to be associated. There's like a tractor beam. There's something that pulls them in. And I see that happening. I feel that traction or that wave each time I'm invited to do something that I've never done before. So it's, it's, it's all very, it's feeling very positive and it's just very ironic, or I don't know if that's the word that it's happening right now. You
1: yeah. Know, well, it's adoring. surprising. <laughs> you wouldn't expect yeah. it to be the case, but actually it ended up being perfect for your market. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I watch a lot of people before they do the work that you've done and experience that. I think a lot of people think because they they hear this, you know, leveraging other people's networks. So, you know, you want to get that's what people say about affiliating. How can you, okay, this person has a lot of followers. If I can get them to be on my whatever, then they'll market me. And, you know, that, that is a great strategy. But I think a lot of people rest on that strategy as if that's the way they're going to build their reputation. No, you build mm-hmm. your reputation and then you use that, you leverage that to amplify it. And I think that's a key right. difference. And maybe it's because I have some issue personally <laughs> about asking people for favors. I have like a really big issue about asking people for favors, which is means that I probably took the long route longer even than I had to. But I was like, no, I'm not going to ask anybody. I don't want to be begging somebody who's going to look at me and say, who is this? And I'm asking them for a favor to market something for me. No, I want to, I'm going to do enough work where when I ask for that favor, I'm going to show them there's something in this for you. And even Mm -hmm. if that something in it for you is like, I look legit, I have the footprint. So, you know, that's why it's mutually beneficial for us to team up and do this thing. And that's just pounding the pavement and doing the work of all the amazing content that you've created, like showing up. It doesn't take that long though. Like that's why you're such a great example. Um, And I keep saying this, but it's like I can't believe how quickly you did this and I know that it can happen this quickly, but you really did do it so incredibly quickly. So it's possible when I tell people, you know, you can go from basically nothing to really being seen as authority. I say in 12 months, but you did it in less than that. And that's mm-hmm. really impressive. And thank you. Yes. Yes. So uh, cake, cake tonight.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> I I think over the years I've always Listened and read a lot of content from people that have succeeded in this. You know, I remember there's a woman. Her, I think her name is Laurel Tooby. She founded MediaBistro.com like okay. a long time ago, mm-hmm. and I kind of latched onto her story and was obsessed with like everything she had accomplished. And I, I, I think when you feel that energy inside yourself that you really are super passionate about what you're doing. And if it's owning your own business, that's, you know, what it was for me. I was always super passionate about this idea that one day I could achieve this. And when I started to feel it, like it was getting closer, like I could sense it. I just knew I had to go all in. And I think I remember that same woman saying to me, actually, it's a funny story. So I reached out to her and I wanted to talk with her. I mean, one of the things that I've always done is I've always shamelessly reached out to people to see if I could just talk to them and ask them some questions about how they got to where they are. Uh, Maybe that's that interviewer in me. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I, I reached out to this woman like a long time ago and said, hey, can I talk with you about Media Bistro and your business? I'm super impressed. And she's like, yeah, why don't we meet at such and such restaurant in Soho. And I was like, okay, I'm I'm in Philly. She Does, does she know that? <laughs> so I literally was like, I have to meet with her. I don't care. So I booked a train and I went to New York literally just to have lunch with her. Like I was like, just, this is just, I gotta go. Yeah. And we sat there and I just remember her saying to me, if you want to succeed in doing something for yourself, you have to be obsessed with it. Like you have to be obsessed with it. If you're not obsessed with it, it might, you know, might not be the right thing for you, but like you have to live and breathe it. And I just like hung on to that mm. all these years. And I think, you know, the validation for me is that I I know that I've found the right thing because I am obsessed with it. I I can't, if I could work 24 hours a day, I probably would, <laughs> <laughs> but I have to always be realistic. I'm always I'm always hitting the, you know, hitting the break as a mother and
1: have you know, other now, priorities, too. It doesn't. Yeah. Mean you can also be obsessed with, it, you know, loving your children and wanting to hang out with. them. Yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. But, <laughs> you know, I
0: have to, you know, I have to balance that mm-hmm. and keep my my speed sort of. Under wraps sometimes. And, you know, sometimes I find myself getting stressed out during the day because there's something I really want to do or work on. And I can't, no, I can't do it for another three hours.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I hear that. (laughs) that's awesome that you went though I feel like every successful person has stories like that of like I was put into a position where there was something really hard but I knew I just had to go (laughs) I had to go um, go. that's how I got that spot on MSNBC same kind of thing I wasn't in Philly but it was like oh tomorrow I can meet you tomorrow but you have to come to rock to 30 rock and meet me there And I was like uh Oh, oh ah, terrifying. Okay, I'm doing it, you know? <laughs> She's I'm like, going. Yeah. And then suddenly
0: go. <laughs> you find yourself there yeah. and you're like, Holy shit, like what am I doing here?
1: <laughs> but it's like those but, differences. Yeah. That's the difference, yeah. you know? Because yeah. I also yeah. know people who have been offered those situations and I was like, and you went, right? And they say, Uh, you know, it was just really hard and I'm sure there'll be more experience there'll be more opportunities. Like, Oh, it like breaks my heart to hear when people do that. Bummer. It's not that, you know, sometimes you just can't go, but it's the, it's the difference between is that, you know, that's, that's the hunger. That's the obsession thing. You figure it out. Yeah. You know, those yeah. opportunities, you, you just figure it there. out because opportunities and like, what do they say about luck? You know, preparation meets opportunity. You do all this work for those random lucky opportunities. And then you have to be the one to step up and take it and do it, yes, you know, and yes, yes. there will be more, yes. but every single one can lead to something different. You never know what will lead to what. And when it's obvious, you got to get on that train from Philly. You got to go to Soho. You, you got to book the <laughs> ticket. You got to go. <laughs> you got to book the <laughs> ticket. Yes. <laughs> okay. What else? So where's your podcast? Huh?
0: Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I've been thinking this virtual zoom thing is sort of, a podcast. It's just not Mm -hmm. offered on, you know, Apple podcast yet, but I think that's going to be in the works. Mm -hmm. I want to make it the right message, the right offering for the people that, you know, I'm, I, I write for and I market to, but it's been a really interesting few weeks offering the zoom sessions, learning about, how to take audio and convert it into marketing, Mm. how to take video and audio and combine them to convert it into marketing. And, you know, it's amazing how you can use tools like Zoom to do that, you know, like sort of low cost tools and things like that. So I'm sort of, Really right now, I think there's always every week or every month, you you know, you would talk to me, there'd be something else that I'm trying to sort of soak in and learn like as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and right now it's that it's like, okay, how can I really wrap my head around audio marketing and video marketing so that I can do it for myself and for my clients? I know it's like a really important touch point, right? So I got the content part down, the written part down. Now I got to get the audio visual and the multimedia part down. And where does that fit into my model, right? So, of course, I'll be continually, and I'm not exaggerating, I am touching a base and checking in probably every other day with the Freedom Calculator. Oh, you are? Oh, my changer. gosh. I I literally.
1: Tell me why. (laughs) Tell me why. I
0: stare
1: at it. It's fun, (laughs) right? (laughs) It's okay.
0: So it's so fun to play around with if I offered a product at this price point, how would that change my revenue potential? If I add someone to my staff, and I'm in the middle of that right now. If I add someone to my staff, how does that change my revenue model? Do I need to change my prices? I really spend a lot of time with that spreadsheet. I really do. I mean, I think right now it might have started when you delivered it to us. It had two or three tabs. I think it has 12 tabs
1: now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I made that for you guys. You know that, right? I mean, I made it for myself, but I was like, you guys need this thing. Actually now, so... I love that you're saying that. I also look at mine all the time. So two peas in a pod here, Amy. Um, so I tried to sell that thing for like, I I like whatever, you know, I just wanted people to have it and I didn't want to give it to them for free because I wanted them to actually do it. You know, it takes a little bit of time. You got to fill all that stuff in and you have to like yeah. learn how it works. People don't want to do their numbers. So, you know what? I've changed it into I've changed it into a bonus for the boot camp because I'm okay. like fine. I'm just going to give it to anybody who's doing this because you need it so badly when you are, you have your package pricing, it's like, this is a big piece of it. And nobody wants to look at those numbers, but it's so fun. I have these, these people I've coached that you are one of a small group of people who tell me like how much they love it and play with it because it's so fun yeah. and exciting to like, say like, yeah. Oh, if I do this number or this many, okay. And then you see all these different possibilities and mm-hmm. that's, what's fun mm-hmm. about projecting and planning your business. And that's like the business numbers part that a lot of people get scared about, but it's so helpful.
0: I know. I think that's a big thing. I mean, I'm always focused on the numbers. I mean, I was a business person first. I was a business development person. I, I was in spreadsheets all the time, and it is like this little, mini, weird passion point of mine, you know. And I obviously like (laughs) me too. Obviously, do do modeling and revenue projections, and you know, I could spend like a day with an Excel spreadsheet and feel fulfilled at the end. It's almost like writing an article. Like, wow, look what I accomplished today, but. You know, I think it's like when you're building a business, I don't know how you don't obsess over the numbers. I know that it's common that people don't want to do it. I think there's a lot of people that they just don't like numbers. They don't like math. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I could live without that. I'd feel like I was flying blind. And I don't like that feeling. (laughs) Yeah. So that's a big part of my day to day as I continue to evolve. And I was in that, you know, spreadsheet using it earlier today, really thinking about, you know, as I go out there tomorrow, I'm going to host the zoom it's, I am the guest of honor. So I'm going to tell my own story. I'm going to, you know, give them the little walkthrough in my process. And I want to be prepared with an offering for them, Mm -hmm. you know, that isn't, in my sort of main, main offerings, you know, so it's, it's a little bit of a lower level yeah. offering. So I've been obsessing over that. What am I going to offer? What's the price point? What's the term? How long is it going to go? How many people? So it's really, it's been this amazing part of my strategy. I love it. You know, and I, I have to, you know, thank you for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My pleasure. I love when people embrace it. It, it is. It's it's flying blind without it. And most people are flying blind. I don't know. And, and by the way, I was flying blind. Not I've always liked numbers too, but I didn't know how to calculate them. That's where, that's how I made that spreadsheet. Because before I was using the wrong numbers, basically, I was focused on revenue and not profit. If I were doing something like that, I'd probably... Especially if you're the guest of honor, so you don't know who these people are, I'd probably start with the price point and work backwards. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, what price mm-hmm. point do I think makes sense for the amount of time that they've spent with me and the amount of, like, trust I'll, I will be able to deliver, uh, build with them in however much time, and and also whoever's bringing me on, how much do they trust them? Like all of these factors. Okay, so you know, maybe it's a hundred dollar price point, maybe it's a five hundred, maybe it's a thousand. It doesn't really matter. You figure that out, and then it goes, what would I right. do for that? Right. Yeah. So
0: that's, I'm in the throes of that right now. And, you know, it's, it's everything right now. It's survival. It's, you know, trying to make sure that you're maintaining your income. It's trying to make sure you're continuing to stay uh, visible and relevant and, you know, keeping the finger on the pulse. What do they need? What do they want right now? So right now there's a whole lot of that going on for me and for everybody, Mm -hmm. I guess that's, in the position of, you know, running their own business and.
1: Yeah, but I also you know, think <laughs> you're building your list. I mean, you might get some clients out of this thing immediately, but you're also building the list for clients next month, next year. Yeah this is all about, I've had, I've had lots of my clients be people that saw me speak two, three years ago.
0: Yeah. And totally. So the list building thing, It didn't click with me immediately that that was such a high priority. And when we, I don't know when we talked about this, but it started to click with me thinking, okay, right. So when I go out and I work with a client, I think people take bits and pieces of what they read Mm -hmm. and they say things like email isn't super important anymore. Social media is the most important. And then based on what I learned, I have to reel them back and say, well, you know, social media is sort of branding and sure your following matters, but you don't have any information on those people. You don't have a track record of how many times they've engaged with one of your articles or, you know, you have to have a system in place in order to keep them engaged and know where they're at. I think you probably know this better than anybody is what is the journey of a potential customer? How long on average does it take for somebody to book a call? You know, it could be a week, it could be six months, it could be two years. You know, I think for me, I probably followed you along for, I don't know, three, four years before I got into any form of engagement with you. You know, so The lead pipeline and the list is humongous. And it kind of goes back to the story about activating your network, leveraging the network of the people that you bring into your inner circle and you host on things like this. Those are list builders on steroids. I mean, I doubled my list in two days by bringing on my high-level sports industry guests. Wow. And I, I, I called her and I was like, holy crap. I mean, you have like some serious power here. And then I thought, okay, how many times can I do this again? (laughs) Like with how many different people that have different networks and you know, how many people can I repeat this with in order to like, get my list to the number that I'd like it to be.
1: Yeah. You're actually inspiring me with all kinds of ideas that, I mean, there's so many things, so many things I want to do, right? So many, Yeah. not, not enough hours. But you know, day. I guess when you have the platform established, like right now you've Much launched the
0: podcast and now you have this platform that you'll just grow, you already have a big following. So it's just this opportunity to like crush numbers, yeah. you know, week, like week over week. <laughs>
1: yes. It's, it's. The growth path is exponential and that beginning part is, is slower. And that's the part that most people crap out, you know, because those first couple of articles and those first posts and nobody's responding and nothing's really happening. It's like, this isn't working, (laughs) you know, and then most people stop. I mean, you really push through that and you push through that pretty quickly to get to, to get to here. I think that's, I think that's the difference. Yeah. And
0: I don't, you know, gosh, and like, I can't explain exactly where it comes from, but I think I, I tried.
1: <laughs> you showed up and you did it. I mean, I, I think that you, it's, I, I think I'm, I'm projecting this onto you because I, I think it's my dancer in me and it's your sports in you. It's a certain kind of training,
0: you know, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know if they say this mm-hmm. in
1: sports and dance. It's like, if it doesn't hurt, it's, you're not doing it. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah <laughs> so yeah. right so yeah. and you and yeah. you know they're the coach's job or like my teacher's job was to not let you stop until you completed whatever the thing was and that's how I got stronger and you know this is that's believe real, me, I've you? taken
0: <laughs> a couple bar I've taken a couple bar classes in my life and they were not fun
1: Oh yeah my <laughs> Russian know, ballet teacher when I was like a little girl and I remember yeah. you weren't allowed to pee And I, you know, like you're not allowed to pee in the middle of class and you're like seven years old, but that shit stays with you. (laughs) Yeah, no. And it's true.
0: There's like a threshold for pain. And you're like, especially when you're a mom, I mean, I have to bring this up after you've had a child and then another child and another child. I mean, I won't begin to go into detail because it's completely not related to this (laughs) podcast, but the pain that you endure The exhaustion. Everybody has a different story of the day that their child was born and the first year of that child's life and how completely and utterly exhausting it is. So, when you've kind of earned the badge of motherhood and then you're set off on your journey to start a business that you feel super passionate about, you know, my threshold for pain is so high. (laughs) This stuff is like a cakewalk. It's like, feeling rejected. What does that mean? Mm. I, I think that I've built up such a tolerance for struggling through like waiting through totally, you know, exhausted days and nights and that I now am just all the more stronger because of that. I yeah. mean, it sounds cliche, but you know, this stuff is fun and it's a little scary, but Gosh, it's a lot more fun than not sleeping and um,
1: you know what, getting thrown you know thrown you know up so funny on five times a day. That. Well, so so to be fair, you have three <laughs> children under eight. I have one yeah. two year old, so yeah. no comparison. I'm not comparing this at all. <laughs> but I didn't have my child until my business was already affording me like right. a very cushy lifestyle and being able to work 20 hours a week. So totally different uh, flip-flop. And I felt the exact way in the opposite direction because of it. So birthing this business and all the stuff that Steve and I went through and all the mistakes and the problems and the challenges and the overcoming them and all of that, by the time he was born, we were like what are people talking about? This is easy. This is nothing (laughs) compared to building that business and everything we just did. Like I remember feeling like that and feeling like it's not okay to say that. People don't want to hear that because, you know, those first few months, especially because we took them off, he was napping all the time. We are like, what do we do? We watch TV. Yeah. I don't even know what to do in the middle oh. of the day with nothing. But I had a totally different experience, which yeah. to me <laughs> means, given we have the opposite but the same experience, it's just like the act of doing really hard things makes you stronger mm-hmm. so that the next hard mm-hmm. thing doesn't seem as hard. Mm-hmm. And it, it's almost yeah. like whatever that hard thing is just prepares you for that next hard thing.
0: Yeah. You kind of know the more that you go through a hard thing or the more you challenge yourself or push yourself out of your comfort zone, it becomes easier to do it over and over again and pushing yourself into new environments and trying new things becomes almost habit. It's like, well, I tried this and it worked and it was really scary. So I'm going to try this other thing. That's like even scarier. You kind of start going down that path and the challenges get harder but also your tolerance gets higher and the reward on the other side is just an unbelievable feeling that wow i did that i accomplished all that stuff and then you're like what am i going to do next yeah. you know it's such a um, high
1: That it's like, you almost chase that that high. Like, okay, well now I got to do something harder so I can do it again. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe I don't know what, like what what you would call that, but yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I have experience actually like at the end of last year, I had like a little bit of a lull. I actually, I hired a coach because I was in this lull. I was like, I don't really know what to do next. Everything's just, I got what I wanted. And I was actually like feeling kind of depressed. And that sounds weird when you're struggling in your business. I was like, everything is just working and I got what I wanted. I don't really want anything else. And so she helped me get out of that. Yeah, because it's very addictive, setting a goal, pushing, meeting it. That is so addictive. It's really, really fun. And I am, I have spent years simultaneously trying to be very content with what I have. And not like need more, 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 or want more, more, more. I think there's something really important about just yeah. being so ha- so grateful and happy with everything you have, and like you don't need more stuff. So <laughs> that can be very confusing. I've been confused by that because I'm like I don't want more stuff, but now I'm kind of depressed because I don't. I'm not setting goals. Yeah, <laughs> you know.
0: No, and I, I think it's it's loving the journey. I, I, somebody had published this. You know, one of the million entrepreneur inspiration quotes that you see when you scroll around Instagram. But one of them was, you know, if you love the journey, then you're the real deal, you know, the process. Mm. And I think, you know, if you find yourself at the end of a process, I could totally understand that. You know, we we've achieved, look at everything we've achieved and we've attained our goals. And I think it would, would only be natural to be asking, well, what else? Because you want, if you're somebody like, you know, you or me, you want to continue to contribute to the world, you know, and continue to learn and grow. So I guess it's just like, what is that new chapter? And maybe that's your podcast.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it it didn't take but half a half a day talking about it before I was all revved up for my new plan. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It didn't take
1: much, but it was just like a you know, you don't really expect that to happen. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> you know? You, I,
0: I get that. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. That. It
1: was very, uh, it, and I, and I'm sure it will happen again. And, and this is the fun of, of, you know, ascending.
0: The journey the the continues. Journey continues. Yeah.
1: Well, this has been lovely and inspiring and motivating. And I'm so excited, Amy, for everything that is to come. If this last like 10 months is any indication of where you are headed. You're headed for such such great things. You're already getting great things, but you're headed for so many more great things. And I'm just excited to have been part of your journey and to continue to be a part of your journey.
0: Yes. I, I Thank you so much. And I really, truly, you know, I say to myself, sometimes I will work with Pia again. I don't know <laughs> when, I don't know how, but this has been amazing. And I had so much fun. Uh, I could talk, we could talk, you yeah. know, for three more hours about a million things, but I really appreciate you bringing me on. And it really means a lot to hear all of those really nice things. And
1: really. I'm going to keep,
0: I'm going to keep going.
1: So... Don't We'll stop. see what happens. <laughs> I, I would <laughs> expect nothing less. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you. Bye. For more content marketing wisdom for sports industry leaders, go grab tons of great content and connect with Amy at amysheridan.com. The link is in the show notes. Anyone in the sports business industry needs to know this woman. So if you know someone, please pass her info along. See how easy the referrals are when you're specific in your branding? Also, if you know other entrepreneurs who struggle to put their business in its place and could benefit from hanging out with us, please share this podcast with them. Hard work can only take you so far. It's how you show up in your business that really makes the difference. And to make sure that you don't miss an episode of Show Your Business Who's Boss, hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast player. Taking inspiration from Amy today, ask yourself if you're doing the work to look valuable to those future potential collaborators. If you invited someone with a lot of followers to collaborate with you on a presentation, would they jump at the chance? What would you need to do so that they would? Figure it out, and that might just be your first step in showing your business who's boss. Show Your Business Whose Boss is produced by Yellow House Media. Production coordinator is Sean McMullen. This episode is edited by Marty Seafelt. Production assistance by Kristen Runvik. Creative direction by Steve Wastervall. Our theme music is Glass Prisms by Western Runners.